Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the EFFL Football Podcast is back for yet another exciting league. I'm here joined with my co-host, Sean. It's a pleasure to be back with you, gentlemen. And my other co-host, Calman. What's up, gamers? What is up indeed? Uh, guys, it's been a long, long off-season. I know we were all fiending after the exciting, uh, basically ending that we had that last two months of last year. Uh, I know we're all excited to get back. I have uh, consumed nothing but fantasy podcasts leading up to the draft. We had a few exciting changes uh, that we'll talk about a little bit in the offseason. And uh, yeah, we're, we're back though, baby. Back for your weekly favorite fantasy podcast where we recap the EFFL League. And uh, later on, we'll have a, a little special guest for you. But uh, I won't speak too much on that now. So Calman, uh, Sean, how you been in this off season? You know, uh, have you are you fiending? Are you fiending like I am for fantasy? I've been fiending, you know, just really excited. Last week, you know, going to Dallas with you, had a blast watching the games at Texas Live. I'm ready for a new season. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm feeling pretty happy that the NFL season is kicking back off again. It's kind of hard to believe that it's here again feel like we just recorded the the last episode but here we are very excited you know summer is my favorite season and i'm always sad when it when it ends um you know the sun starts going down early you know the beach days are over but i do get a little bit excited come weekend time when i can just watch college football saturdays and the nfl on sundays and yeah sean mentioned for those that don't know sean and i uh went to dallas for the sunday night football game cowboys against the buccaneers I wish the result Fortunate. was a little bit different, but uh, the game was the game and the trip. Uh, I still had a great time. That was uh, almost ten years, I guess, more than ten years, probably closer to fourteen years in the making. Uh, I think we talked about that like freshman year of high school uh, when we found out we were both Cowboys fans. So uh, fun that we got to check that off the list. And um, yeah, what a great way to start the season for you. So, uh, you know, I guess we'll get into it to, to recap. We had some role changes this offseason. Um, Sean, are you prepared to speak on some of those changes that we have going into this year? All right. So the first one, we just increased the bench spots um, from five to six. We had a couple of weeks last year especially with COVID and, and injuries where uh, I know one game Jeff had three spots in his lineup. He had to leave um, <laughs> with no one, no one playing because he didn't want to drop, you know, uh, anyone important. Um, so we, so we, you know, to help out with the, uh, the, the rosters and, and lineups, we, we increased it from five to six. Um, second one, the, the number one tiebreaker now instead of head to head is overall wins. So, you know, it, like it happened in week one, as you'll we'll recap, um, if you end up as the second leading scorer of the week, but going up against the uh, top leading scorer, um, you don't get completely screwed. You, you, you know, you build up um, some overall wins for uh, a potential tiebreaker at the end of the season. And then uh, the big one is um, interceptions have been increased from negative two to negative four and fumbles lost have been increased from negative one to negative three for a total of negative four as regular fumbles are still minus one. So it just increases the importance of uh, ball security and, um, you know, it stresses the importance of turnovers. 
uh, as you know, I, I looked back and crunched a bunch of numbers and noticed, you know, people like 2020 Carson Wentz were outscoring Justin Jefferson and, and James Robinson. And, uh, it felt like bad QBs weren't really punished. And then the, uh, the super flex spot was automatically, you know, it, it made only sense to go with a QB there, but now, you know, there's the risk of a bad game from a QB and them scoring negatives. So, you know, a bad QB isn't always the automatic option, you know? I am very interested to see how that pans out. You know, I love the involvement of the league. I, lead, I I love that we are not stuck in our ways, if you will. Uh, you know, we are a modern football league here in fantasy. You know, I love the super flex. I love, uh, you know, probably the biggest change that we had was the auction draft. You know, the first year of that. I know that was uh, quite a few people's first auction. Um, you know, I, I've... I did auction drafts on ESPN back when I first started playing. And I remember after doing the first one, I was hooked. I, I just, I love it. There's a lot of benefit. Um, I think, I, I think, you know, I really don't know why any league nowadays wouldn't do an auction. Maybe that's just my opinion, but um, you can get any player. You know, if you draw that number 12 spot, unfortunately, you have no shot of getting Jonathan Taylor. But, you know, now you're given, you know, the same bankroll as anybody else. And you can go ahead and, and build your team like a GM. And uh, at least for a, a lot of excitement. So I know I was hyped going into that. Um, now, I think for Calvin Sean, this was both your first auction drafts. Is that correct? It was my first. I'm not sure about Sean. That is correct. Also my first. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, definitely agree with you, Dakota. You know, it creates a variety of uh, team building strategies, and there's a lot of game theory involved. Uh, you know, as we we saw during the draft, where uh, you're, you know you're trying to upbid other players, or uh, you know, you're strategizing how do you want to budget your money. So it definitely creates a lot more variety versus a snake. Yeah, so we'll we'll get into uh, our draft recap uh, since we did not have an episode out for week one, and um, you know it 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 was it was fast paced, it was exciting, it was dramatic. Um, there was you know we, we saw a lot of strategies, some which which paid off, some which backfired. Um, <laughs> I know you know Sean and I and a few other league members, I believe Patrick participated, or I, I think Jeff participated. Um, in a mock draft a few nights prior. And, you know, I was running a few auctions beforehand too, um, you know, because I had a list of guys that I knew that I wanted to get. Uh, so I kind of wanted to see, you know, how much was I willing to overpay? What would they go for? You know, and, you know, what, what was I, um, you know, what was I, I willing to lose out on? Um, and I will say this draft for me uh, just completely threw curveballs in my strategy pretty quickly. Um, Sean, I know, as I just mentioned, you were in the mock uh, with myself. Calma, did you prepare at all for the the auction? Did you just kind of YOLO into it this year? So I, I completely just YOLO'd into it. And in fact, the first uh, couple picks, I was actually driving home in pouring rain. And my brother was actually making my picks for me in the back seat. We we're kind of, you know, talking it over. Um, and, you know, he's he's. Now, he hasn't been in fantasy football as long as I have, but he's definitely won a lot more championships than I have. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I trust your judgment. You know, if you can get Jonathan Taylor, go for it. Get Cooper Cup, go for it. Um, you know, I wanted to make sure I had some studs because I didn't want to wind up without any studs. Um, but yeah, I didn't do anything to to prepare. I kind of just won it. And then after I took over, maybe I made some decisions I shouldn't have made, but um, I didn't really have a lot to play around with after that. So. Um, definitely interesting. 
you know what I you called Gronkowski a mascot last year, and it seemed like the <laughs> league was calling you a mascot in the draft this year. Um, there were quite a few jokes going around uh, around your team, uh, but I'll tell you, you know, the auction draft. Um, and again, we'll get into it when we. I, I guess we are in our recap here, so I guess I can kind of get into it. Um, you know, I I even texted you on the side. I didn't think your team was that bad. Right. And I said this before week one, you know, the thing with the auction, as we said, there's several strategies you can do. You can you can try to save your money, you know, get a balanced team, you know, wait till the end. Um, But as we saw, if you are a little bit too conservative, right, the worst thing you could do is have money left over. And I know, uh, you know, Bruno is one who I'll I'll pick on here for a second. I think at seven dollars left over um, at the end of the draft. So, you know, that's typically not something you want to end up with zero. The other strategy that you can go get is you go get heavy hitters. And, you know, you got statistically last year, the best running back who had a fantastic week one and the best wide receiver who had a fantastic week one. And then, you know, you buy your lottery tickets, you get some cheaper players and you hope you hit on, you don't have to hit on them all, right? You just need to hit on two, three, and and that'll propel you and you stay healthy. And as we saw with your team after week one, you know, you were able to do that. So um, who's laughing? Who's the mascot now? That's what I'll ask the rest of the league. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sean, how did you feel about your team post-draft? And and Dory, like, give me some of your thoughts. I loved it. I had some guys uh, that I just really wanted to get. um, And ended up getting pretty much all of them, or or at least 90% of them. Um, uh, and it, at first I was, uh, noticing everyone was going nuts on, uh, <laughs> spending. So I, I, you know, kind of sat back. Um, and then I realized, oh, geez, I'm going to have money, uh, left over like a lot of it. So I, then I started spending, um, and it was pretty much just me and Brandon with money towards the end. So I was able to get a lot of good deals and, uh, create a lot of good death. Yeah, you know, I, I so same thing for me. You know, I, I had a list of, you know, maybe six or seven players where I was like, I, no matter what, I want to get these guys. And, it, you know, it really didn't work out that way for me. Um, I got a few of them. Um, you know, I, I, so I really, you know, I was kind of all in on the AFC West this year, uh, even though as we're doing this podcast, um, as an AFC West game is going on, the Chargers and the Chiefs, which is not quite as high, as high scoring as I anticipated. But my thoughts were, you know, those teams are going to be playing, you know, eight games in that division, and I feel like they're all going to be high scoring. So I was looking for Raiders. I was looking for Chargers. Um, I was looking for Chiefs, and uh, that that's kind of what I was looking at there. So some of the guys I had on my radar, Mike Williams, uh, had a bit of a disappointing week one. Uh, Derek Carr, I liked a lot. You know, uh, he you know, Derek Carr's thing has always been he'll throw for the yards. He's in a lot of high-scoring games, typically playing from behind, but he, you know, really lacks on the TDs, which in our league, with it being six points per touchdown, is pretty important. But, you know, I thought with the addition of Devontae Adams, he could be a sneaky pick. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't get everybody that I wanted. And honestly, um, you know, there was a lot more wide receivers I liked on, you know, that made up, you know, my guys than, uh, running backs, but I did not anticipate, <clears throat> honestly, two getting two of the three running backs I had. So Dalvin cook was on my list as a guy that I wanted. Um, I think that Minnesota offense is going to score a lot of points this year. Um, so if he stays healthy, you know, uh, he could have a, a great year. But, you know, Najee Harris and Nick Chubb, you know, I, I think I got for a dollar under what the projected was solely because 
nobody was bidding them up. You know, I was really just trying to bid them up a little bit and, and wound up getting them. We saw that strategy happen a few times. Uh, another uh, team that I'll mention, Patrick, um, tried to outbid his brother to, to, to get Tom Brady and wound up while he already had two quarterbacks on on the team and that left him with three and not a whole ton of money so you know that that's a, a fun part of the auction you know there is some risk it can it can pay off or it cannot um you know there were definitely money was flying jalen hurts you know he was a guy that i actually had on my list for fantasy this year but um he you know that just exploded at one point he was the highest um uh, paid for player and, you know, in a couple mocks, I was able to get him for, you know, 56, 57, $59. Uh, and he went for 70, you know, which, you know, there's always that Eagles bias, right? In our Yeah, league, that was my first nomination expected. for that yeah. reason. And, uh, yeah, that was a, a popular one. But, you know, had a great week one and scored on the ground. So um, I will say, you know, it's um, I, I liked watching the different strategies everybody, pl- you know, uh, w- was using. I, I think um, I think. For the majority of this league, this being their first auction, you know, everybody did pretty well. You know, it, it looks like, again, you know, as of after, you know, one week, there there seemed to be a lot of close matchups. Um, you know, there might have been, you know, I'm looking at the scores here now, and, you know, there was a couple games that were kind of out of reach, but you know, a lot of teams hitting 100 points, um, which was good. So we'll see how that continues. I, I think, you know, with... Fantasy, you don't really know what you have until week three to four. Uh, week one, I think there was a few performances by players that were just not sustainable. Um, so we'll kind of see how that goes forward. But all in all, very fun. I'm glad to see the change. You know, I hope it stays. I, I think it was fun. But um, any other thoughts on the auction, guys? Um, I was just going to say, like, you know, I had kind of a thought process going into the draft where I wasn't going to bid high on quarterbacks. Um, and I know that they're obviously extremely important in this league. However, I feel like last year, Brandon made it all the way to the championship without having great quarterbacks. And this year, I think that the quarterbacks, due to the new rules, I don't think they're as valuable this year as they were last year, as we see with Brandon week one. Um, I guess we'll go over that in a little bit, but he ran into some issues already with that that new the new, the new setup. So I don't think quarterbacks are as valuable as they were last year. So I think that kind of changed the way I was kind of thinking about the auction. You know, for sure. And, you know, we can kind of take a look at those week one power rankings, uh, you know, really, you know, kind of the, the preseason AP poll. Uh, let me go ahead and bring that up so we can uh, get an idea. But you are correct. And that, that's a good segue into our game of the week uh, recap here and our our weekly recap. But, you know, if we take a look at the week one power rankings, let me go ahead and bring those up here. I'll cut this dead air out. You bringing up um, last week's power rankings or this week's? I wanted last week's. Yeah, it's if you go to pin, like the the, the in the chat, it has oh, all, all okay. the the newsletters are pinned then there. Yeah. Sweet week one newsletter. Cool. Yeah, I can just cut this out. 
So the preseason uh, AP poll had the Pomeranians coming in at number one, Brandon, the defending champion, in at number two, Bruno, who had that waiver wire squad, who you know showed some really excellent fantasy uh, GMing last year from the playoffs into the championship game, and almost upset Brandon in that championship game, uh, coming in at number three. El Freaky Geeks coming in at number four, myself at number five, The Butchers, Patrick Stone coming in at number six, who's also tied with John Lou, TSU, that rhymes. What's Under the Towel from Albert Lou coming in at number eight, the New Jersey football team, Christian Castle at nine, the Goodfellas, Jeff Stone at 10, number 11, uh, Hertz Works, the newest member uh, of the league. So welcome, Joseph Cassano. And then coming in last, uh, our co-host here, Calman, the Bullies, um, number 12 out of 12. But as you know, you would see throughout this week, uh, you know, the rankings, I think we're, we're shaking up pretty good this week. Um, you know, the first game we had was the game of the week between myself and Brandon. And yeah, so, you know, Sean and I, you know, we were at, you know, in Dallas, we went to Texas Live, which is the, you know, like Xfinity Live, if anybody is in the, the Philadelphia area. And, you know, so I had eyes on a lot of games and it was fun to watch, but I didn't really get to watch any one game too great. But, um, you know, late afternoon, uh, as Calman just kind of mentioned, you know, this new QB rule, uh, Brandon saw firsthand, you know, he's got Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, who I had on my team last year. And uh, I mean, so Aaron Rodgers came in with negative points and Matthew Stafford, who had the opening game uh, coming in with 2.8 points. So after that Thursday game, you know, I was feeling pretty good. And unfortunately, I had some big time underperformers myself as well at the wide receiver position. Allen Robinson just looked like Stafford didn't even look his way. Uh, Disappointing performance from Mike Williams with the Chargers and, you know, my studs, my my running back core, who you know, I'm expecting to carry my, me this week. Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, and Nick Chubb. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Joe Mixon. Um, you know, didn't really do much for me this week, so I kind of underperformed and took the loss to Brandon. Sean, big opening against the Butchers. Big performances from Josh Allen and Saquon Barkley is looking like he could be a potential MVP candidate. Um, I believe heading into the season, Josh Allen was the MVP. Uh, favorite, if you will. That's what the books have him as. So, you know, Sean could kind of um, kind of uh, try to channel some of Brandon's energy last year with uh, drafting Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup, the eventual, you know, kind of both guys looking for the MVP at the end of the season. And, you know, as Calvin mentioned, that's kind of what carried him. You know, Brandon made a, a late week, a late season trade last year to acquire Devontae Adams that really put his team over the edge. But uh, Sean, again, this is why you're ranked so high in the polls. Then we got the Goodfellas beating the New Jersey football team. Jeff Stone comes in early with his Tampa Bay squad who beat up on our Cowboys Sunday night in a 123 to 112 victory. Uh, you know, Christian has to be devastated that Patrick Mahomes 40, basically 44 point performance is all for naught after, you know, Derrick Henry laid an egg, 21 carries, only 80 yards and a fumble. He was a huge favorite too. Yeah, so big upset for for Jeff, and uh, that always sucks. You know, your your player has, you know, he might have been. I'd have to look, but I think Patrick Mahomes was the highest scoring player this week. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right, he and, was um, all for waste. So you hate to see it, and um, 
He'll look to bounce back this week. Kalman, probably the biggest surprise and the biggest shakeup in the rankings, similar to last year. Because if you remember last year, Kalman's team was not um, – it was not looked well upon. I don't believe that he was ranked fairly high in the beginning. Uh, this is his second year with Jameis Winston, but he had a team that just somehow scored points. And, you know, big game from Jameis. He's led by uh, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, and Cooper Cup, who's strong, right? I mean, that's the number one running back and the number one um, wide receiver. Chris Godwin, who, you know, after week one, it's looking like he is a little banged up coming out, but uh, you know, if he can recover to what he was last year, uh, I think he'll be good. And that's kind of it. You know, you have your lottery tickets in Malik Willis, um, you know, uh, Jacoby Myers, um, so you, uh, Jarvis Landry again in New Orleans now with Jameis. You have that kind of one-two combo. So Calman, uh, you know, showing the league, putting the league on notice after week one. We have T TSU uh, upsetting uh, what's under the towel. A uh, bad, bad week for Albert, unfortunately. Um, bad performances all across the board, really. David Montgomery not doing much there. DJ Moore not doing much. Mark Andrews, uh, bad performances for Mac Jones against the Dolphins. Uh, his best player, Kyler Murray, who even had uh, he had a good fantasy game, but not a very good game. Um, last week against Kansas city in that blowout and uh, TSU. So Christian McCaffrey, you know, um, he's going to be somebody that I think the entire league is going to keep his eyes on, but um, he's got a nice one, two combo there with McCaffrey and Aaron Jones, you know, green Bay losing Devonte Adams. There's some targets to go around there, I think. And uh, finally, the last game here, El Freaky's geeks takes out Bruno. Uh, so, you know, that maybe that the NFL, how the, the kind of the curse of the losing Super Bowl team will Bruno have hangover the EFL. Yeah. The, the championship loss hangover here, you know, Trey Lance was somebody that I know that he was expecting to, to really lead this team, potentially be a fantasy game breaker. And he didn't do a whole ton. Good game from Deandre Swift. But, um, other than that, Michael Pittman had a good game in that weird Houston tie down in Indy. And, um, or I'm sorry, down in Houston, rather. But um, other than that, Cortland Sutton. Hey, so Cortland Sutton was actually a guy I had my eyes on and, uh, you know, not didn't really perform. But the Seahawks, as a whole, or the Broncos, rather, as a whole, did not look that great. And Dalton Schultz now with the loss of Dak Prescott, uh, that could definitely hurt as well. So uh, a good week one. Like we said, there's definitely a lot of shakeups here. Um, the power rankings have been totally shaken up in week two. Um, now looking at these, Kalman went from worst to first <laughs> and then Al yeah. freaky geeks is up uh, to number two. Jeff stone makes a big leap up after the upset. Sean, after the win somehow drops down, uh, but he'll be in the game of the week this week going up against Jeff Stone, the Goodfellas, a little rivalry game there. Uh, John Liu in five, Joseph Cassano from Hertz Works in six, Brandon Tambori, even though he beat me, it just was not impressive enough for the polls, and he drops all the way down to seventh, even after his uh, championship win, even after his game of the week win, um, was not an impressive win, unfortunately. Uh, Christian Castle uh, moved up somehow. I guess, you know, the AP polls like him uh, with the points. And 
Bruno in number nine, the Butchers in 10. I dropped all the way down to the basement in 11, along with Albert Liu, who was the lowest scorer of the week. And uh, eight of nine starters failed to reach double digits. So what a stat there. So um, I guess I'll turn it over to Cam. And what are your thoughts after week one here? Uh, I think that my team is poised to kick some ass for the rest of the year. That's what I think. Scorched earth. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm feeling pretty good. Like, you know, I think that I'm going to be a wild card team this year, same as I was last year. I'm just hoping that, you know, I end up being more towards the good for the rest of the year than what happened last year. But I uh, definitely think it's interesting. And just as you were going over those matchups, you know, once again, there was a lot of bad quarterback performances this year. And like this time, we're going to definitely feel it which I think is going to be a really interesting oh, yeah. dynamic. Yeah. So I guess uh, with that, um, Sean, you know, after week one, again, you know, a big, a big win for you teams looking very strong. Um, you know, what are your thoughts here? You know, as the commish, you know, you know, do we like the scoring changes? Are you happy with what you saw? What's your thoughts on your team? How are you feeling? Definitely. Uh, Interested to see how you know the scoring changes affect the entire season. I feel week one was a bit of an anomaly in terms of turnovers. There was just a lot <laughs> this past week, um, and I feel it's. Uh, I was looking at um, later weeks from uh, 2021, and there were not nearly that many fumbles or or interceptions. So I think it'll level off a little bit, um, but I, it, it definitely does. Um, highlight you know the, the bad performances but it, it makes you know the consistent elite performances that much more valuable um in those types of qbs um in terms of my team and you know, uh josh allen that was one of the guys i had to get i was willing to go you know willing to pay as the you know the phillies uh who was a john milden once said uh, stupid money uh <laughs> for josh allen i was gonna go as far as i needed to go to get him and so i got him i felt pretty cheap in the draft for 59 compared to, you know, Mahomes who went for 76, um, suffered two bad injuries. Uh, I traded for Dak after the draft and, and now he's out for two months and Elijah Mitchell, who I, I thought I got for a steal. He's out for two months as well. So thankfully I have a lot of death, um, from, uh, having some extra cash for the end of the, the draft. So that death will come in handy. Um, Calman's team. I'm, I'm I'm very interested to see in uh and it's why I, I love the uh, the auction how uh his his strategy will work out over the course of the season. He's very you know, stars in uh in scrubs, um <laughs> <laughs> in terms of you know having Taylor and Cup and then uh, his QB situation. I'm I'm excited to see you know if um you know if he's able to maintain that. Um, but very excited. Uh, you know, seems like you know we had a lot of good matchups and uh, excited for week two. And with that, let's uh, let's go into our picks for the week, uh, fellas. How does that sound? So we'll start it off here. Uh, game number one for week two. It is myself, Cook, and Cousins going against Slow Down It Hurts. Now, again, we are recording this during the Chargers-Chiefs game. We'll pull the curtain back a bit. And uh, luckily for me, Mike Williams is having a much better game this week than he had last week, coming in with 22 points. But I'm going to be honest, I uh, I feel like last week heading into this, I, I thought was, um, I thought last week was just odd. I had a lot of underperforming players that I just don't see 
having that same um it basically just not under I don't think they're going to underperform week in and week out. I think I'm really strong at the running back position. Um, Chubb, one of the reasons I, I he wasn't on my list is he does not get goal line carries. Unfortunately, Kareem Hunt, you know, had some vultures there last week. I, so, you know, I, I think as the season goes on, I'll get a little bit better. But um, I was actually picking myself pregame to win this. Right now, I'm projected to win uh, with 60% confidence. But uh, I don't want to pick my own game for sake of bias. So, you know, any thoughts on my game, guys? Um, just looking at how the score is right now, I think it's trending pretty nicely in your direction just because it looks like two running backs here sitting in the fourth quarter don't really have a ton of points. I know that's kind of cheating, but um, the fact that Mike Williams had a big game, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of catching up to do. Uh, for Joseph this week, even though I do think he actually has a really good team uh, as he showed last week. Um, but I'm kind of leaning towards you just because of the unknown uh, of your team uh, in terms of its scores for this week. Yeah, I'm going to agree. But before this game uh, started tonight, I would have leaned Joseph just because he looked really strong last week. But now that we have the foresight, knowing that uh, Mike Williams is popping off and, and Eckler and Hilaire you know, aren't exactly letting it up uh i am gonna lean you and it does seem like uh sleeper uh agrees as you have a 59 percent win chance right now yeah very strong team you know for, for him jalen hurts is still out there jamar chase against the cowboys defense which is actually pretty good um so i do like that matchup for me that 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 bengals offense uh was not very well. They they were very sloppy week one. So we'll see if they can pick it up. And uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire actually, you know, he received from me in a trade early on. We had a lot of trades early in this league where I received Damian Pierce. He received Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who scored two TDs in week one. So shame on me. So I definitely don't think it's over. I feel good about myself right now. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. The New Jersey football team going against the Butchers. So um, Patrick Mahomes playing right now for the New Jersey football team started off very slow. Uh, let me just say, this could be catastrophic for Christian. Patrick Mahomes is throwing three three interceptions this game, but uh, due to penalties, they've all been called back. Um, so right now he's sitting with 20 points. It's projected to be a close game here, although he is projected to lose to the Butchers. You know, looking at the matchups here, you know, Joe Burrow for the Butchers, can he get back on track against a, a tough Dallas defense? Josh Jacobs has a nice matchup against Arizona. And A.J. Dillon after week one showed that, you know, he is going to be a part of that offense, maybe 50-50 with Aaron Jones. Um, Jerry Judy's going to need to bounce back uh, big time. Um, you know, he had an all right game, but uh, well, I guess he had 18 points. That's actually higher than I thought he had. So if he can get around that, I think that's really all he'll need. You know, that's more than his projection there. And um, Amari Cooper against the Jets. Uh, Amari Cooper had, if you, if you watched any of his highlights, what looked to be a great game, but uh, Brissett just could not get him the ball. And then you look over the other side of the New Jersey football team, Derrick Henry underperformed a ton um, in week one. I, I anticipate him going over that 13 points against the tough Buffalo defense. Miles Sanders, um, you know, that rushing attack from Philly looked lethal. Uh, we'll see if he's able to continue. I, I feel like Miles Sanders doesn't, for some reason, doesn't get the, the, um, 
I don't know. Does it get the goal line carries? I always seem like they put in Boston Scott or they'll have like a, you know, like a read option to Jalen down there. Um, I'm not liking the receivers, you know, DK Metcalf and Chase Claypool and George Kittle is banged up this week as well. So I think uh, I would probably lean with sleeper here and go butchers. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of leaning the other way um, or no, I'm, I'm actually leaning your way. Uh, I yeah, I'm not really super big on the uh, Titans this year. Uh, there's just something that feels off with that team to me, obviously overreaction from week one, but I just think that there's something, something up over there. Um, you know, Miles Sanders, I just feel like the Eagles use too much of a rotation for him to be, uh, you know, consistent each week. I think he's a great player, um, but you know, he's just not used a whole lot. Um, but you know, DK Metcalf, I'm actually really interested in the whole Geno Smith thing. I'm kind of disappointed. I didn't get him. Um, cause I think that's kind of an interesting story. Um, because he never really got a, a fair shot at actually playing. Um, so the fact that they actually looked pretty good and he made some big time throws last week, and this may make DK Metcalf valuable again, you know, sleeper doesn't think so, but, uh, I think it, it could definitely be interesting, but I just think that, um, you know, looking at what Mahomes has now, uh, I don't think Burrow's really going to get past that. Uh, I kind of feel like the Bengals are going to have a couple more weeks where they're kind of slow. Um, but I just think the rest of the team, I think, is going to outperform. Uh, and I think that, yeah, the Butchers are going to – I think it's going to be close, but I think the Butchers will end up winning this game. Yeah, I'm going to tr- agree with both of you again. I do like the Butchers uh, slightly here. Um, I think Christian's got a nice balanced team. Um, I think the upside with the Butchers is better. Um, Patrick did put himself at a little disadvantage trying to, to upbid Jeff during the draft with the, the three QBs there. Um, then he, he traded Dak to me, but, uh, so, so he's, he's got, he's a little weak in some spots, I feel, especially in the skill position area. Um, but Burrow and Brady is a super strong combo. And, uh, I think that's enough to, to, uh, get him over the hump here. Next, we'll jump into Calvin's game against uh, Brandon Tambori. Uh, the bullies going against Devontae's Inferno. Uh, Sleeper does not like you this week, Calvin. Um, but I will say, you know, if you can get another strong performance out of James, Jameis Winston, if uh, Jonathan Taylor and uh, Cooper Cup, and again, so apologies, I had um, – <laughs> keep mentioning Nick Chubb as if he's on my team. I have him in two <laughs> leagues and I keep getting him thrown out with Mixon. So I'm merging timelines here. Calman has Nick Chubb. Um, so I have him in two other leagues. Uh, Calman has him. One of the reasons I avoid him is because again, Kareem Hunt gets the, gets the goal line carries. They just seem to like him down there for some reason. So if Nick Chubb can get in the end zone, a big game from Cooper cup and Jonathan Taylor, um, I think you have a chance to upset. If I had to pick, I would lean Brandon. I think he's just too strong top to bottom, at least now in his starting lineup, especially now that it seems like Michael Thomas uh, has returned to form. Yeah, I'm not going to pick. But I will say that in terms of the, uh, in terms of the projections that sleeper is saying, I just, I don't trust it. I feel like there's so many uh, crazy things that can happen. I mean, I was projected to lose by a lot last week um, and, you know, we saw how that ended up. So, I mean, I'm, I'm still staying optimistic because I just feel like I have a lot of boom or bust potential. Um, So I'm going to remain optimistic for this week. 
Sleeper definitely doesn't like Kalman's quarterbacks, especially Mariota. Um, I think that's why your projection is so low. Um, Brandon is 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 very tough. Uh, I ranked him number one uh, in the preseason poll. Um, he was he was one of my my vote was one of his three first place votes. So I I do give him the slight lean, but I do think uh, Kalman and the bullies are definitely going to put up a lot more than 111, and I think it's going to be close. Very nice. We have TSU John Lou going up against Bruno Urban Legends. And uh, pretty one of our closest matchups as far as Sleeper has a concern this week. Um, I think if Bruno wants to upset this week right now, it's looking like he's projected less. Um, so he's going to be the underdog heading into this. Uh, he's going to need a big day from Trey Lance, much better than what uh, he did week one. Same thing with Kamara. You know, Pittman's shown that he can produce in that offense. And DeAndre Swift, who just always seems to carry that questionable tag, um, you know, has shown that that, you know, he's going to be a good one to punch here. I'd be interested to see how Dalton Schultz, you know, how that kind of that new Dallas offense now looks like with Cooper Rush. If I had to guess, it's not going to look very good. So I think he has a chance to win here. Um, but if I had to pick today, again, I'm taking John Lou. Again, I just like his team better. I like the one-two punch of McCaffrey, a healthy McCaffrey and Aaron Jones. And Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown are both studs and didn't miss a beat in the new offenses. So I am going to go John Lou. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of feeling the same way here. Um, I don't really know if Trey Lance is honestly any good. You know, those North Dakota quarterbacks, they're you know it's kind of troublesome. But um, and just looking at what Juju has right now, I know it's cheating, but I just I feel like this is going to be a pretty. Uh, I know it's close in the you know projections here, but I just kind of feel like uh, John's gonna pull away here and, and win this game pretty easily. Yeah, I love Swift this year, but I do think uh, Bruno's quarterbacks are going to hurt him. Um, I think John has a, a nice balanced team. I don't, I don't think it's, you know, as, as complete as Brandon's in terms of star power, but um, I think he has a very balanced team. Um, I think he'll make the playoffs again, and I, I do like him here, I, especially – uh, that AJ Brown was one guy I nominated in the, the auction, uh, hoping that everyone was going to bid, you know, a zillion dollars on him. Um, but he, he, he might be actually worth it with how he played last week and Hertz seems to love him too. We'll head into El Freaky Geeks going up against What's Under the Towel here. Uh, again, What's Under the Towel, just a, a brutal week one performance. Uh, Sleeper thinks it's going to be a little bit better for him this week. David Montgomery is going to need to get going along with Chase Edmonds, DJ Moore, Baker Mayfield. That Carolina offense needs to find it. And uh, Mark Andrews, uh, hopefully he can return to form for him. You know, you spend a lot of money on on you know, the number one tight end uh, in the draft. You hope to get a little bit better performance. So we'll see. He's going up against a squad that uh, is, has some has some players here. Lamar Jackson is always tough in fantasy. You have Antonio Gibson, who, you know, that Washington offense looks somewhat, you know, competent this year. So we'll see if that continues. And that Miami offense with Jalen Waddell uh, looks to be high-powered. So we'll see if Tyreek continues to draw a little bit of attention here. Um, I would probably agree at this point, uh, you know, I think going into the game, I, I don't know if El Freaky Geeks was um, – 
was favored or not. Right now, it looks like he is the underdog, Travis Kelsey, uh, having not too great of a game as we record this. He's got seven points in the fourth quarter. Um, but I think a big bounce back game from Russell Wilson, that Denver offense. And, um, you know, I, I like the combo of Jalen Waddle and uh, I, I, I probably lean. Yeah, I think I, this is going to be a tough one. I really don't. I don't have a, a feel for this game. I guess I'll take El Freaky's geeks just for the fact that Albert Lou has to his team's got to prove that, you know, they're better than what they put out last week. So I can't put my faith into him until I see that. So I think that um, in terms of this game, I'm going to go with uh, El Freaky Geeks uh, because I feel like Albert's team has a really big thing to overcome, and that is the bad karma of drafting Deshaun Watson. Uh, (laughs) As long as he has that name and he has that player on his roster, I think that he is absolutely, completely screwed, and I don't think he's going to win a single game. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god yeah uh dakota hit it nail on the head on what i was thinking uh i don't think i'm gonna pick albert until i see his team uh you know perform better than what they uh you know the disgrace from last week uh, i think they will eventually but um i'll believe when i see it i, I think alexander has a playoff caliber team air um i think they're very well balanced and i'm gonna go with alexander and then finally, our EFFL Primo Hoagies Game of the Week. We have the Commish Sean going up against Jeff Stone and his Tampa Bay squad, the good fellas. Um, you know, I am 100% smashing the Pomeranians money line. Uh, just a much better team top <laughs> to bottom. I think Josh Allen, you know, Barkley, who seems to be, uh, you know, prime Barkley, maybe, you know, uh, is back and just overall better team. Um, I, you know, Cooper, the only thing Cooper, uh, I'm sorry, Cooper rush <laughs> and CD lamb. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, obviously CD lamb had a lot of drops did not look very good in that first game, but then again, nobody looked good in that first game, but I will say Cooper rush has proved that he could step in and win some games and uh CD lamb can be productive, uh, in those games. See Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so, you know, I'm just, again, I'll go Sean. He's got the better team. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of feeling the same way. And and honestly, I kind of feel like, I feel like Jeff could probably learn a thing or two from his brother when it comes to, to drafting teams. But, uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I think Sean's going to win this by quite a bit. Actually. Uh, I think Saquon is going to have a monster game against Carolina. Carolina is freaking awful. Uh, and I think that Josh Allen is just, I think he's the best quarterback in the league easily. I know like Mahomes had a big week last week, but I think that it's Josh Allen now. I think he's, he's wearing that crown um, super high on him. Uh, I'm a little bit scared of uh, Cooper Rush, but honestly, I feel like he's going to have a big game one of these weeks. I just feel like it's coming and uh, maybe stir up some Skip Bayless uh, quarterback controversy. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think the Pomeranians here are going to bring it home. Ladies yep. and gentlemen. Oh, sorry, Sean. Sorry. I cut Sean off in his own game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I'm not going to pick my own game, but, uh, you know, big storyline here. Jeff knocked me out of a uh, playoff contention final game of the regular season last year. So got to get some revenge. Uh, hopefully, uh, the Buccaneers don't exactly. Uh, kill the Saints because this seems this whole roster is the fucking. 
Um, but, you know, he's got a good squad, uh, despite, you know, overbidding on certain guys. I mean, Jefferson may have been worth it for, for all that money he paid. And especially for Net, too, he, he looks really strong. So, you know, good luck, Jeff. Uh, looking forward to a good one. You know, there's a few traditions I love uh, and, and meta that I love in this league. And um, Jeff, just his commitment to assemble his own version of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers every year <laughs> is, I have to say without a doubt, my favorite. Uh, but with that, that's our picks. And uh, we'll get to our special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest for the first episode here of the EFFL kickoff podcast, owner of Devontae's Inferno, defending champion, Brandon Tambori. Brandon, welcome aboard. Uh, we'd love to have you here as a guest on this podcast. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you know, I was having second thoughts uh, after you beat me in the game of the week last week. I, I just I couldn't get over it all week. And, you know, you always seem to get over on me. But, uh, you know, we'll put that aside. We'll put that aside for this. And uh, we're happy to have you, of course. We wanted to uh, talk with you. Obviously, last year uh, you made a huge run after what I would call a, uh, a groundbreaking, maybe league-shattering league trade to acquire Devontae Adams. Uh, that really just propelled you into the finals in a tough matchup against Bruno, who was fielding, as we mentioned, a waiver wire squad uh, last year. But great end of the season. And um, this year, a little bit different league settings, right? We go into the auction draft. And uh, first wanted to start out with, you know, what were your thoughts and uh, how you handled the draft and just the auction as a whole? So I had never done an auction draft before. So as you could tell, I didn't really bid on anyone super early. Well, I would say I bid on people. I didn't win anyone super early. And that was because I just wanted to get a feel for it. And I kind of wish I held on a little bit longer because toward the end of the draft, there was a lot of good players going for very cheap. And I think it was just mainly because teams overspent in the beginning. There were guys like Jalen Hurts and uh, Patrick Mahomes going for way too expensive. So. You know, the thing about auction drafts is it just brings a drama that you don't get in the snake. Uh, as we saw um, a lot of, you know, money getting thrown around, it gives you the ability to have a chance at any player you like. You can really team build in a way the snake does not allow. And uh, there's a lot of strategy, like we said, with bankroll management, which, uh, Brandon, I think you did a, a very great job with uh, being patient, not getting caught up in, in the FOMO that kind of occurred within the first eight to nine players. And, um, you know, what, what, so for me, I know I first did my auction, the first one I ever did, probably about 10 years ago. And I am always happy when I get into an auction league. I prefer it. You know, what's your opinion on it? You know, do you prefer it to a snake? Do you still prefer the, the classic snake draft? You know, what's your stance there? Well, I think I do like the auction. Uh, the, the thing is, I've, I'm only in one other league, and it's a keeper league. And we actually just had our draft for the 11th season and it's been the same people every year so once we had that one set up i mean there isn't once you kind of go with one you can't really get out of it i'd say but yeah moving forward i think i would definitely go auction absolutely yeah that's very impressive 11 years in a dynasty league i'm in a four uh, year four dynasty and that's been chaotic so i can only imagine you know what an 11 year auction uh or 11 year dynasty draft is so you know taking a look at your team um 
as we said, you were kind of patient within the draft. Were there any players that you really missed out on or anybody that you had your eye on that you really wanted to get? Um, did you kind of have to adjust at any point during the draft when, you know, maybe somebody went off the board or went a little bit too high? The one that was Devontae Adams. I think I, I think it was you, Dakota, actually, that bid me up, and I probably had to pay an extra $10. That was me. Oh, that was Sean. Yeah, I, I thought I had Devontae Adams for way cheaper. A tight end as well. I, I really would have liked to get Darren Waller. Big fan of him. And he actually went for very cheap, but I had used all of my money at that point when he was uh, when he was there. So I had to settle for Dawson Knox. Absolutely. Now going into uh, our matchup here again, first game of the week. Uh, you know, again for as the defending champion, prime time. The whole league has eyes on our matchup in a big divisional game. Obviously, I, you know I was the division winner last year. I got knocked out early. You went all the way. I appreciate you bringing, you know, some some credibility here to our division, bringing the title home. If it can't be me, I guess it's uh, better that it's you. Um, how are you feeling about your team now after week one? So I'm pretty good about it. The one area that concerns me is quarterback. So last year, quarterback was an issue for me pretty much the entire year. I ended up trading for Tua, which somehow was like a very meaningful trade for me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I drafted Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers thinking I would be pretty set. And then they combined for like two points in the first week. So the fact that I was able to win, like I won with two points out of both of my quarterbacks who were supposed to be my highest scoring players. Uh, I think that's impressive. So it really can only go up from here because I don't anticipate either of those players doing as bad as they did again the rest of the season. You know, I was licking my chops when I looked at your scoring heading into the late afternoon. And funny enough, my QBs last year were also Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford. And, you know, I was curious how this new interception point change was going to affect the QBs. And uh, obviously we saw uh, Matthew Stafford, very sloppy game. I believe he did lead the league in interceptions last year. And he hurt me on quite a few, but I wasn't punished to that extent because we had the previous scoring of, um, you know, before it was minus four per pick. So, uh, you know, hopefully that injury is not more than what the Rams were letting on, but that combo carried me, you know, throughout the, the season. Um, so very strong combo. I think Aaron Rodgers bounces back, even though he does have less weapons. He typically does start the season pretty slow. So I would agree. I wouldn't be too worried there. Uh, I'll turn it over to my co-host, Calman, as I know he had a question for you as well. Yes. So, Brandon, would yeah. you rather, whenever you had to pee, you had to pee for 10 <laughs> minutes straight, or you only poop once a year, but you poop an entire year's worth of poo? <laughs> I think I would go with the option number two. No pun intended there. <laughs> I, I assume you very I time assume you I would rather, right? Yeah, I mean, you'd probably just go into the bathroom for about 24 straight hours. And, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, you just tough it out. And then for the rest of the year, I'm good. Does, he also, does he also have to clean it up in this situation, Calvin? Uh, yes, and my counter that to that would be, what if you are constipated during uh, pooping season? If that was the case, then no, I wouldn't do that. If well, that, that just seems just, like in, in pain the whole year. <laughs> like, oh, man, I, this, uh, this day that, can't come soon enough. 
that just seems like an unfair stipulation, if I'm being honest, Calvin. Yeah, I, I just want to know how either of these questions tie into the fantasy football league. And with that, I'll turn it over to my co-host, Sean, as I know he had a few things to ask, the defending champion. So, Brandon, congrats on the championship last season. Welcome back. Um, in the uh, week one power rankings, coaches poll, you ranked second. Uh, I just wanted to know your thoughts on, on your ranking and also um, your thought process and your voting process for uh, the week one coaches poll. Yeah, I think that I was right, really right in line with number two. There were some good teams out there. I think a lot of it comes down to the actual owner. And last year I proved that I was willing to be a good owner. I obviously won the league. Uh, made some moves where I had to. So I think it played a lot into that. And some of the other owners saw me as someone who like, look, if he doesn't have the best team, he's going to do something to make the team better in the middle of the season. And then going into your question about how I was feeling towards other teams and what went into my strategy on my votes, I really was just, again, I put a lot of stake in the actual owner. Uh, like Kalman, I don't think I ranked him very high and he, he proved me wrong week one. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Like, I remember actually laughing with whoever was on the uh, on the voice call during our draft about how bad Calvin's team was. Yeah. <laughs> it was like drafting backup quarterbacks, might have drafted like Henry Ruggs. <laughs> I, don't know if he, I don't know if he really did that. But yeah, I mean, he was. Calvin uh, has a couple of big hitters on his team, so he really. He really has a chance to put up big numbers any week. Yeah, and you know, Brandon, I, uh, I, you know, peel the curtain back here. Had you ranked number one, partly because you know I really like your team. I think you're strong everywhere. Um, I don't really see a, a, a weak spot there. Uh, you know, in hindsight, now we could say maybe that Dallas offense. You know, maybe it's the running back position, but Michael Thomas is looking like a great pick after one week. Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs are studs. But primarily, the reason I ranked you number one was the respect, uh, exactly like you just kind of nailed it, uh, knowing what a competitor you were, even when it was down, you found ways to improve your team significantly, and uh, you know just granting that respect to the former champ. So I definitely, uh, I think you nailed it there. Uh, but you know, again, thank you so much for joining. Congratulations on your championship. Looking to defend. Uh, I'm not sure, Sean. Can you confirm? Has the EFFL ever had back-to-back champs? We have not. So, Brandon. So- this Looking is your to shot be the first the to first make history back to back champion EFFL Hopefully in about three and a half months. I'll be the first back to back champion. Increased prizes here too. $500 for first. Great. Where's the buy-in again? But I don't think I paid you. Yeah, it's still coming. <laughs> well, with that, thank you again, Brandon. We will see you again, I'm sure, on this show. Everybody have a great week, and good luck. Thank you for having us, guys. Good luck to everyone, and yeah, good luck. Good luck, Brandon.